When the scribes and Pharisees asked our Lord about the greatest commandment, he replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. So why do we hear some of today's most prominent pastors saying things like this? It had everything to do with how we talk about the Bible. And specifically, or along with that, what we point to as the foundation of faith, which for most Christians, unfortunately, is the Bible. We need to do better. We need to love God with all our hearts and stand unashamedly on the rock of His Word. We need to love the Lord with all of our souls and respond to the worldview issues of our day with the wisdom and discernment that comes only from Him. We need to love the Lord with our minds and understand the calling of God's people in every area of life in God's world. We need to love the Lord our God with all our strength and face the work of building a life-giving, God-honoring culture. Join us for 10 days at the Runner Academy for Cultural Leadership as we consider how the gospel influences all of life and culture and the role that we have to play in applying foundational Christian thinking to every area of life. Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yeah! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, yeah. I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense, an apologia to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Of course, that is from 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. That's where we get our name. I couldn't help but notice the emphasis you put on the yeah, soft Yeah, I did. Just for a reason. Just no no particular reason. A very right? specific reason, which we'll get to. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Another episode of Apologia Radio. Luke DeBear here, hosting again. I'll explain that in a second. Got... Uh, the old uh, DOC, yeah, you know me. Yeah, good to be Zach here. Zach Conover's back with us. Yes, sir. He had to recover from G3 I'm last still week. Re- I'm still I'm recovering. I'm still there. Yeah. No, who knows? <laughs> who knows? The, I see the light, but it's still dim. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite the conference. Um, well, we were going to actually address um, the panel discussion today. Yes, very. Um, uh, but it looks like. We'll be doing that in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. That should be helpful, hopefully, so, to some people. Be looking for that. to me to listen yeah. to. Oh, yeah. It was it was great. So be looking for that. That would be the panel discussion that Dr. White was on. And not only was he on it, he spent a good deal yeah. of time speaking. He did. According to uh, the report, I think he was 38 minutes. He spent oh, talking you actually, in comparison to... Well, someone had been sharing a graphic of some sort saying, this is how much time he spent talking and this is how much time everybody else had to talk. But I think, honestly, that's because a lot of the questions were directed towards him, which seemed to happen when we talk about these subjects. Since he's apparently a Christian nationalist. Just kidding. He's not. Uh, Reserves the right to define what that means. He's not. (laughs) Uh, But uh, thank you, everyone, again for tuning in. I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, Ezra Institute, who saw the video there at the beginning, and of course, Ion Layer, 
they're amazing. Uh, I am awaiting my next shipment, and I'm excited for that. And uh, I believe if you go to ionlayer.com, <laughs> I messed this up last week too. If you go to ironlayer.com, <laughs> uh, you put in, go to checkout, coupon code Apologia, you do get a discount off your first order, and it's awesome, awesome product. So the fountain of youth, they call it. Yeah. I figured just get to my yeah. You just had to go to the right place. Yeah. Then. yeah. Um, that's that's not the normal. I don't think though. So no, I don't think yeah. so. It was just a one off. Yeah, because they're our sponsor. Hopefully, and they're be. great. The product's yes. great. Okay. Um, so Pastor Jeff, he uh, had to make an emergency trip to Wisconsin this week. I'll let when he gets back. I'm I'm sure he's gonna tell the full story. So I don't want to steal his thunder. But there, there's a possibility that um, the Durbins were going to be able to adopt a couple twin girls from Wisconsin, and they came nine weeks early. And so, um, Jeff talk and, about a whirlwind. Yeah, Jeff and Kenny had to fly there, and they're there right now. the The babies are doing well. They're in an incubator, of course. Um, they're trying to figure out how that whole situation is going to go down. Um, so, be praying for them. He, he'll be back here, I think, this weekend, hopefully. So, um, anyways, but. But we have a special guest. We do have a special today. guest. So we are doing a little mashup show today. I think this, this might, I don't know if we've actually done it over Zoom. We've had this this man in the studio a few times, but uh, uh, go ahead and bring in my fellow elder and friend, Dr. James White, in the DL studio with a really bright shirt on today. Well, I normally have a bright shirt. You do. On. It's That's true. Only, it's, it's the only way to keep myself awake. Uh, when you're, when when you're as old as I am, Luke, as you remind me all the time, you got to use anything you can to stay conscious. That's and, true. Uh, so uh, that's that's what we're doing. But that's I've been in, I've been on I've been on Apology Radio dozens of times. What are you talking about? But I don't I'm, know if we've actually zoomed you, and I think you're usually. Oh no, no, no! no it's the first time we've yeah. done Zoom. Yeah, because yeah. I'm doing the dividing line right after right. this. So uh yeah it's sort of sort of necessary to do it that way yeah so but yeah i've been there i've been there lots of times come on now uh so give me me, me credit (laughs) i'm actually gonna take his tip about the bright shirt because as a dad of four you know you need a Something to help you stay awake sometimes. They're not Red Bulls. <laughs> Definitely, no, no I'm not Red Bulls. Well, I, can't again. Do, I can't do Red Bulls. Uh, that's that's the problem. I really, could, I could <laughs> use some caffeine right now. I really, really could, but it would kill me. So I got my uh, coffee. Yeah. Red Bulls, no I bueno. I can't touch that stuff with a ten foot pole. I'd be un- under this table so fast, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> well, we're excited to have uh, Doctor White on today as he's celebrating 400 years. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's an extra zero wrong nope sorry 40 years 40 years of alpha and omega that's sunday correct is that the anniversary of sunday uh well we've got the big celebration on saturday um i don't know this uh, i have to go look at the documents to see when it was the 420 something i was i was 20 wow. uh because i'm 60 now so i was 20 uh when Kelly and I and Mike and Linda Bellavo signed the documents that uh, incorporated Alpha and Omega Ministries, which at the time we were just going to be, we had, we had a few books that I had purchased on Mormonism. We had one photocopied tract and it was in hindsight, semi-heretical, <laughs> um, but I was 20 years old. And we had started witnessing the Mormons and we were doing a class on Mormonism at North Phoenix Baptist church. And we had started doing the Easter pageant. And, uh, I don't think we had, I don't think we went up to Salt Lake yet. Um, in fact, first time we went to Salt Lake, it was like in May. Cause we didn't know what we didn't know about a conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, we had nobody to tell us anything. Yeah. And when we got started, it's not like, yeah. Uh, you know, we just, we just had to go with what we could learn as we, as we went along. And once we found out about the conference, um, then that changed everything. Uh, and for 18 years, uh, we'd go up to conference twice a year. Mm. And initially, uh, (laughs) we were so young. We, we actually drove up, we drove through the night, Friday night. The first time we did it, it was uh, three of us, me, Mike Bellavo, and a guy from North Phoenix that we basically <laughs> ruined. We tried to train him in the car on the drive. Oh up. my goodness. Don't do it that way. Don't no, don't, don't, don't do it that way. But we, we drove up overnight 
went to the Tanner's house, Jared and Santa Tanner's house, showered, got changed, uh, went and passed out tracks uh, all day at the conference, um, and then got back in the cars. We may have changed someplace. I don't remember. And we drove back that night. Oh, my goodness. And we're, and we're in church Sunday morning. Oh, it's like a binge evangelism weekend, right? Uh, like, that, and that was as dangerous. Yeah. I, I mean, we were barely functional by the time we got back. When you're 20, you're stupid. Can and do you anything. Do stupid things. Well, um, that drive is, that's a brutal drive. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally have those signs up everywhere to, like, make you stay awake. I remember one time it, we were driving up there and there was, <laughs> it was like winter and there was a semi driver pulled off to the side of the road shirtless doing jumping jacks <laughs> to stay awake to stay awake yeah that is a brutal okay. i can't imagine doing the all in one day that's insane yeah it was it was and we eventually uh started um taking groups up and we would go up on uh friday yeah uh so we'd have the night beforehand and we'd stay at the luxurious motel six mm. um there's one downtown man it's like 69.99 now um back then it was like 19.99 i think wow. uh, wow. those days there's there's one down on state i think and then another one out toward the airport we stayed at both of them and uh so we started doing it that way so it was a little bit safer and then coming back on sunday and so we, we learned and then by the time we finished up we were flying up on southwest or something like yeah. that and, and and arranging stuff very very differently because we had aged and we couldn't we couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore uh and uh so yeah but that's that's where it all started and uh when we first started the ministry all we wanted to do was witness witness to mormons we mm. didn't have any we didn't have any future plans other than let's witness to mormons and very quickly people started asking questions about jehovah's witnesses mm. and that expanded into that and uh so yeah uh 40 40 years that's only you know when you think about it, it's only 480 months um <laughs> it's still a long time it's i mean still i was two i was two when you started yeah, yeah was, well, there you go. i wasn't here so. uh well see see and uh and as i think about uh, apologetics ministries there aren't many that have been around that long no uh that haven't gone wonky like cri right um and stuff like that so I, I honestly think a lot of that's due to the fact that we never we never pretended to be or wanted to be a church we always wanted to be an assistance to the church people tried to make us into a church and we're like no 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 we're not gonna do that um and i, I think that that's been part of the blessing uh of the lord because i look back over those four decades and man there were so many times when stuff happened or people came along that could have completely derailed us. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, and m- normally, honestly, it was people with money. Wow. Um, it was people with money. You got to understand when you got big donors. Oh, yeah, I get they it. Want, they want big influence. Yep. Uh, they, they want to be able to sort of determine where things go. And early on, um, we we just adopted the attitude that Lord's going to have to take care of us because we are not going to do what. And, and I understand a, a lot of people have to do these types of things. We've just I, I remember going to ministry. I won't mention it. I, I remember going over to California to speak for a, a ministry. I think I was speaking on the reliability of the New Testament or something like that, because sadly, apologists who read Greek and Hebrew and do textual criticism are very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, never understood that. I think it's one of the greatest advantages you could ever have, but that's the way it is. And so they left me alone in this conference room at their office for a while where they're going and doing something else. And I'm looking at like their schedule and stuff. The vast majority of the time, the schedule was donor maintenance. Mm-hmm. It was contacting donors and doing mailing lists and, and, and all the rest of this kind of stuff. And Rich and I just stink at that. <laughs> So, yeah. so for us, uh, it's always been keep doing the work, get it out there. Yeah. For a long time it was on radio, just like you guys were. We were on the same station yep. for a while. Yep. Um, and then uh when we 
shifted to the internet as it started to come into existence. Um, this, you know, the dividing line program, we've never spent one dime to promote the dividing line. We've never bought wow. Facebook ads. We've never had anything printed. We've never done anything. And globally, without a question, it's the most watched apologetics webcast in the world. There's no, there's no question about it. I mean, I've traveled everywhere. At least I used to. <laughs> I, I still travel everywhere. Just yeah, in you the do. Fifth Continental place. U.S. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, on the continent now. But, uh, you know, I'll never forget the first time I visited Pachasroom, South Africa. Try saying Pachasroom three times fast. That's it's okay, lots pass. of fun. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you've, you've already been drinking today. Um, and uh, so... <laughs> So I was in Pachas. I was in Pachasroom, South Africa. The first time I was there, this homeschool family comes up to me in South Africa and starts talking about how central the dividing line has been. Wow. To their the education of their kids. All their kids know me. They're all excited to meet me, all this stuff. And it's on the other side of the stinking planet. Yeah. And that's when I started realizing uh, some of the most precious things have been, um, again, I, I did, used to spend a lot of time in South Africa, and I do miss going to places like that. And people wonder why in the world, but that's another story. Um, I do I do miss my friends down there. There's some great, great believers, and they're struggling with, we think we have pressures. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. They, yeah. they face so much all the time. But two different churches I was in, um, in the Johannesburg area, um, I had groups, three or four black African young men come up to me. And there was about four years between these two incidents. And they said, Dr. White, we just want you to know we, we came to hear you speech, uh, your, your preach today, because if it hadn't been for the dividing line, we would not have made it through uni. Because if you know, you travel anywhere in the English speaking world outside the United States, it's uni you know, instead of university, college, whatever. That's oh, called, okay. uni. I didn't even know what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, they said all of our professors were teaching us about the Bible being a myth. And, and we just have, didn't have anybody that could answer that stuff mm. except for you. Listening to the dividing line is why we have graduated and we still have our faith. Wow. And there were two different groups at, like I said, about four years separated two different churches. And that's that's why we do this um yeah. you, you know that you know vody uh Balcom is in zambia yeah and he had me up to to speak at uh the, the college up there and some of his students asked me um to do a webcast with him and it, literally the web it was at a desk in the library which is inside um you know the container, the shipping containers yeah. uh -huh. that on the ships. You know that you can like li literally turn them into trucks. Yeah, that's that's what the library is at the college. Oh wow, is a shipping container. Okay, with electricity and they put they put shelves in, and that's what the library is. And I'm sitting there talking to these guys, and they start asking me about my family, <laughs> and I go, uh, yeah, you know, and so like, um, uh, my daughter has a has a webcast. She's been has been doing real well with that. My daughter Summer, and when I say Summer, both these guys are like. Wait, wait. You mean <laughs> you mean sheologians? You mean Summer Jaeger? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Summer's dad. And they're like, they're blown away. They're like, what a connection! Wah! I'm just so much more excited about that yeah. than I don't know who me. you are, but Summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're Summer's dad. This is incredible, you know. And and so to see that kind of thing going on. I mean, I was in. I'm not sure if you've. I'm not sure where you guys went when you were in uh, Ireland, but. Because I've been to Dublin and Belfast. Yeah. I did a debate, I think, in 2018 or 2019 in Belfast okay. with a Roman Catholic okay. on indulgences. Wow. Now, you got to understand something. I'm old enough to remember the, the troubles in the 70s. It was on the news all the time. Sure. Where the bombings and the killings and stuff in Northern Ireland. Right. The fact that we could have a debate in in Belfast, Northern Ireland, on indulgences yeah. is pretty amazing. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. Um, but that church had me uh, do something on a Saturday morning for one of their groups. And I asked off the top of my head, for some reason, I asked, by the way, how many of you have, have heard of my daughter, uh, Summer Yeager, Sheologians? About a third of the room <laughs> put their hands up. 
in Belfast, Northern Ireland. That's funny. Amazing. Um, so it's it's an amazing time to be doing ministry because you know, thirty years ago, that that would not have been a possibility. Oh no, this this just didn't exist as a possibility. And and obviously, when Alpha Omega started, there was no. I remember when I got my first pager. Oh man, was I super fly cool. I mean, I had a pager. I could pull over and put a quarter in a phone and call people. It was great. It was fantastic. You could say things like um, super fly. Yeah. 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 You know, um, so we had no, no way of knowing whatsoever in uh, 1983. Uh, what we'd be doing in 40 years. Yeah. Nobody, we never even dreamed that we'd still be doing this in 40 years, um, let alone doing it around the world, globally, um, doing the, the kind of stuff. Uh, and you you saw, I'm sure uh, uh, Tobias and, and Peter told you a little bit about the, the impact we've had with their yeah. church and mm -hmm. the encouragement there and things like that. And in Frankfurt, uh, I got to teach in Samara, Russia in 2019. That was a little freaky. I, I remember, got yeah. Wow. I remember you messaged me a little freaked out, yeah. It was a little... Look, I was in school when we would practice getting under the desks yeah. in case of a nuclear attack from the Russians. Yeah. And so going first over to Ukraine, to Kiev, actually Irpin, which is a suburb of Kiev, and teaching over there, I've forgotten how many times uh, teaching for the uh, European Biblical Training Institute. Um, it was, I had to get over, it was a little like Peter, you know? I needed to have the sheet come down from heaven a few times <laughs> because they had always been the enemy. Sure. And no, so to be are. in, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> but but to be in a, in a, amongst a bunch of Christians who... You know they're singing the same hymns, right. but in a different language. Right. I just remember the first time I heard that, thinking about my mom, because uh, it was after she had passed. Going, she would, she could never have understood. You know what what I'm going through right now, being this far away, and and when I went to Samara, I mean that is in Russia, and we have there, there are lots of believers in Russia, and uh, they, wow. I was actually speaking in the church when a bunch of police came in in the back and we were wondering is this it you know did they hear we were talking because i was addressing some controversial issues while i was there and we were wondering if we were going to be you know visiting with uh, the modern equivalents of the kgb or whatever uh but you know that's what they face all the time and uh, so anyway all that to say that uh to to have that opportunity to to see how far sitting down being in this room which is where we've been doing things since 2006 anyways um where that goes and who yeah. sees it and who's helped by that yeah uh it's pretty it's amazing no telling. how yeah. so how long have you been doing the dl we well you got to remember i grew up doing radio i started right. uh doing working as a disc jockey my sophomore year in high school Wow. My dad was the manager of KWAO Radio FM 106.3 in Sun City. That's why we moved out here from Pennsylvania was to put that station on the air. And it was it was not a Christian station in the sense of having just only Christian programming. It was an evangelistic station. So the idea was we played big band music because that's what people in Sun City at that time would be listening to. Now we'd be playing the Beatles, I guess, or something. <laughs> Um, honestly, seriously, no, you know, as people have gotten older, um, but, uh, and then we would have these evangelistic messages called pause for good news during the course of the day. And then on Sundays, we would have a number of churches. Uh, in fact, you'll have to remind me sometime, maybe at the leadership thing, uh, I stumbled across a recording from that radio station of a, a group North Phoenix Baptist Church had a television program, ministry, and stuff like that. And uh, there was a high school singing group that we had. So we had a band. I mean, that was a big church, so you could do a lot yeah. with it. And Kelly and I sang in that group. And you had to try out for it and stuff. And and she and I sang in that group. And I have a recording 
of that group seeing a, a song called Cornerstone. Now, this is over a telephone line, so it's not exactly high-quality recording. Mm. Uh, but in fact, just a little story I don't know if you know, the Wednesday night before Kelly and I got married, we got married on a Friday um, in 1982, and the Wednesday night before, she and I sang a duet together called I Am Willing, Lord. Uh, and then we sort of changed the lyrics toward the end. And we are willing because, you know, we were about to get married and stuff like that. And I have the recording of that, too. Um, and it all went through that radio station. So the point is, I was used to doing radio. Microphones yeah. don't bother me yeah. in the slightest. Um, keeping time, making sure you're 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 getting done at the proper time. It's been an advantage to me my entire ministry was, you know, especially in debates. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. To be able to do that. So um, it was natural once Alpha and Omega started, um, uh, um, the, not the ex-Mormons, concerned concern Christians uh, out in Mesa. Remember them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, no. Yeah. Okay. Concerned Christians had a radio program. And so they invited me on very early on because I can do radio really easily. Okay. And so it didn't take long for us to go, yeah, we probably, probably need to try to do the same thing, though we didn't have any money. I mean, good grief. We had no, you know, uh, very doesn't have anything so but we started doing the dividing line oh goodness i'd say regularly on saturdays at a couple different stations kpxq khep uh, i think we we're on three different stations rich seems to remember the call call signs better than i do um we had to drive way out into the west valley um uh, for for one of them I remember the place smelled so funky. Oh, it was bad. You know, you know, you know those old, old places yeah. where the, the, the carpet's moldy and stuff yeah. like that. You yeah. know, we probably got exposed to all sorts of diseases probably. and things like that. Um, but uh, all sorts of stuff like that. So we started pretty early on. I'd say the first dividing lines couldn't be any later than 84. Wow. Um, so we don't we don't have almost any of the recordings of that. Wow. Uh, the ones that we've been able to archive and, and post go back to 98, but, but we, we were doing the dividing line back in the eighties. Uh, but again, it was primarily limited to Mormonism, Jehovah's witnesses related subjects yeah. like that. Gotcha. Um, and then, then, then in the nineties, I remember I was teaching for golden gate and I remember very clearly, uh, one Saturday I had to teach a systematic theology class in Tucson for golden gate Baptist theological seminary. So I get done teaching the class in the morning. It was a Friday night, Saturday morning thing. I get in the truck uh, and start driving home. And you could hear the station down in Tucson. I tuned it in and a Jehovah's Witness, a sharp Jehovah's Witness, had called in. And other other guys from the ministry, uh, volunteers obviously, were taking my place. And I had my first cell phone. And don't ask me because back then this was not supposed to happen. I actually called in from a cell phone and managed to stay connected long enough to debate that guy wow. uh, while I'm driving up uh, the, oh, that's uh, funny. 17 from Tucson to Phoenix. Uh, during multitasking the radio right there. That's funny. That, that was, yeah, it was. Is that one uh, of those ones that was connected like a box? You had like, <laughs> like an ammo well, can? It, like... was, it was pretty big. It was pretty big. Yeah. I, I forget exactly when it was, but um, it was, I was, I remember being extremely stunned that i was able to a get through and b stay connected and yeah. actually do anything that's funny but yeah we did that kind of stuff for a while until somewhere around 2000 we realized that almost all the phone calls we were getting were coming from the this new thing called the internet <laughs> uh where the station was uh live streaming via real audio yeah you know, there wasn't mp3 hadn't been invented yet right right and so they're using real audio and one day we're sitting around, we got no money and you know how much radio costs. Yep. And we're like, look, if everybody's listening on real audio, can we do real audio? Can, yeah. can we do what the radio station's doing? And hence, uh, Christian apologetic webcasting was born because we were pretty much the first ones to do it. And we did it because we were just wow. poor as church mice. Yeah. We just didn't have, didn't have any other way to do it. And so once we started doing the dividing line via real audio, uh, then one day we, I did a response to Adrian Rogers. Okay. Uh, biggest name in Southern Baptist yeah. at the time. He had preached a sermon against Calvinism and I did a response to Adrian Rogers. And that was the beginning of Radio Free Geneva. 
Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that episode. That's when it really took off. That's yeah. when the program really started doing what it needed to do. So yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's amazing it's, what yeah. can happen in twenty almost a quarter of a century. Just how quickly the yeah. technology. Yeah. where it is now and right. how it enabled you guys to have a worldwide audience so quickly. Yeah. I mean, maybe it didn't feel quickly at the time, but just the impact over a trajectory. Yeah. Now where yeah, it is today. Yeah, it was really until the internet came along. And I remember when it first came along, someone helped us get a website. Uh, and I, we had, it was something texas.net or something. It, it, talk about a a wacky url but no one even knew what a url was then i mean yeah. this was new to everybody everybody's website had all sorts of flashy flashy things on it it was just always you look back at it now and it's pretty uh pretty amazing but uh and and i had to do a lot of the coding myself and, mm. and learn to use programs and stuff like that it, it was it was tough but once the internet started taking off then the ministry started taking off because up till then uh, you're you're pretty much the only way you communicated with people was yeah. with things like newsletters. Yeah. Oh my! Oh yeah, goodness. that's how people are getting information now. Yeah. Oh, the, the the time yeah. and the effort and the printing and the folding and the stapling and the addressing and the bundling and the the bulk mail. Oh my goodness, that was that was an amazing thing to have to do. But that was the only way you could communicate with people. Yeah. So you, you had to do it. And it, it's a, it's amazing how fast once the internet take, took off, all that just went by the wayside. You just mm -hmm. you just didn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's when that's when the traveling started. Two thousand five, well, two thousand three, I did my first trip outside the United States. Uh, that was to speak at the Fiel conference down in Brazil. Mm. And then once I got my passport, um, a Reformed Baptist from London contacted me and said, we'd like to have you come over. The funny thing is, I was sitting right next to a guy who was coughing his head off on the plane from Phoenix to Chicago. So within two days, I was deathly ill um, on, that, on that trip. It was, I'm so glad they took care of me. And I still did everything I was supposed to do, but it was literally in, in one of the conferences, I was sitting in a chair and by the time I got done, I was either going to woof my cookies all over the front row <laughs> or pass out. One of the two. I was I, I was just I don't know what I said. I can't imagine anything I said had any any value whatsoever. I it was bad. It was bad. It really was. Yikes. Um, but that started a whole series of trips to the UK, to London, okay. uh, to that area. And uh one thing led to another. Yeah. I'm sorry. One thing led to another. It sounds like it did. It did, and the the Muslim emphasis started the next year in 2006. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, especially in South Africa and in London, there's a lot of Muslims, and they're very interested in dawah. They're very interested in doing debates, and yeah, stuff really started taking off. Uh, taking off from there, um, but. I've always resisted trying. I've resisted trying to be the quote unquote Bible answer man. I, I don't sure. I don't think I don't think that's a a wise thing to call yourself in the first place. But for example, I've never written on Eastern Orthodoxy, and well, I, let's not use Eastern Orthodoxy because I'm probably going to end up having to address that here in the not too distant future because there's a lot of stuff going on in that area. Um, main reason I haven't done Eastern Orthodoxy, to be honest with you, is because it's next to impossible to explain to Western thinkers what Eastern thought is all about. Mm. It's very difficult to put into words. So that's a little bit different. Let's use Hinduism and Buddhism. I've studied them both. Yeah. I had to teach a class for a seminary in California once where I, I listened to entire graduate level classes on both subjects. None of it stuck. Mm. None of it stuck. I just, I, I suppose if I could sit down with adherents of those systems and have extensive conversations, maybe it would, just haven't really had those opportunities. And so I don't claim to have an answer to, you know, everything there is sure. out there. Uh, and I, I fear the people who, who pretend that they do. Um, but we have slowly over time expanded. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. I, I talked to Bethany House about the possibility of a book on Islam right after 9-11. I am so glad that didn't happen. Mm. I wasn't ready for that at all. And in fact, I what was I think it was 13 years later, I finally wrote my book on whatever Christian needs to know yeah. about the Quran. But I knew nothing in 2001 in comparison to what I knew in, in 2013, 2014. So the Lord's always been good. He's always protected us from from doing really ultimately stupid things, destructive things, uh, because you could do, yeah. it's, it's easy to, it's easy to do stuff like that. That's yeah. That's I, praise God. I was just thinking, I wanted to ask you, um, given that you guys were such trailblazers in a lot of, um, ways with this and having a ministry with 40 years behind you now, you know, I think the question that people, Christians in particular are asking now that we see, anti-christian ideologies infiltrating the church and causing our leadership that was once trusted to go astray and evangelical leaders that have been embroiled in scandal and controversy and losing their ministries like those ministries even folding up in some extreme cases to what do you attribute the longevity and consistency that you guys have had for four decades now, obviously the grace of God has been what sustained I, you mm, the most. Mm, like I, I can't, I, I can't imagine the answer will be much more than that. However, when I look at it, I think people are asking the question, "How do I finish well?" Um, right. Not just how how did this start, but how do I actually run the race and finish well as a Christian, and in particular a Christian doing ministry like this that can be intense um you know you're engaging a variety of different worldviews and still more to come i mean to what is that consistency and longevity attributed to yeah i i've had to give some thought to that um I, like i said i think there's some commitments we made early on that have been very helpful we we made them at the time not really knowing what kind of impact they were going to have um the the focus on not being a church uh of always being there to direct people to the church i remember when we first started going out to uh, mesa uh one of the rules we came up with pretty early on was we would request that you be a member in good standing in a local right. evangelical church because passing out tracks the mormons is spiritually dangerous mm-hmm um, there was a guy, I have no idea what ever happened to him, but there was a guy that I, I came to know in the 19 middle 1980s, uh, by the name of Mike Paris. And when I first met Mike Paris, he was, uh, an expert on Jehovah's witnesses. He knew the witnesses inside and out. And, uh, had, that was all, that was all he did, but he also wasn't a churchman. He wasn't involved with the church. Uh, he was sort of a lone ranger. And I remember getting the call one day uh, that he had become a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. And I learned from that situation oh. and many other situations similar to it, the spiritual danger of being involved in what's called Christian apologetics. And that you shouldn't be involved with that if you are not properly grounded and rooted in your own faith yeah. and in the life of a church and and things like that and so we we came up with that kind of rule early on mm. uh which turned a lot of people off but that meant we weren't necessarily having to associate with people yeah. that might have caused us problems um and so the focus on our us being part of the church uh serving the church and then you know, I'm not going to say we've always uh, followed this line perfectly. Uh, and I was raised independent fundamentalist Baptist. And so there's a separatist element that's, you know, that, you know was bred into me early on. But at the same time, um, we also recognize I could also see that I, I couldn't maintain that kind of fundamentalist separatism and actually consistently reach out to the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Roman Catholics, whoever else it might be. 
so we you had to try to find a balance. It's a balance I've been developing my entire uh, adult life. Um, and so part of us on one side, we've 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 been, you know what? We're going to sort of do our thing and we're not going to allow ourselves to become entangled with politics and big donors mm. and things like that. Uh, I need I've said on the air many times, I'm too stupid to run all the filters that that other people run. I need to be able to say what I need to be able to say as clearly as I need to be able to say it. Mm. And I can't be sitting here going, well, if I say that, yeah, then this yeah. donor is going to be upset and that donor is going to be upset. And if I go over here, that donor is going to be, I can't do that. Yeah. And so we've just had to be um, willing to live with a little, mm. um, you know, uh, for, for long, long time in the, those early years. Uh, Rich, who is, I mean, there's only two employees this ministry, me and Rich, that's it. Uh, everything else is a volunteer. Um, well, I'll, I'll take that back. We, we pay a little something to some people who do technical things, but as far as here in the, in the, in the offices, it's just me and Rich, but there were many years, uh, before Rich came to work for us where he was working for a food company, unmarried, single, no bills. And there, there were, I can't, I've lost, I lost track of how many times basically when it came time for my little salary he just wrote it out of his own checking account i wow. mean that's that's just that was the only way to to do it um so you know we were poor as church mice and so the temptation to get the big donor and to get the big chunk of cash i i remember we had this teeny tiny little two-room office in 16th street south of camelback and we we were just we were just busted we'd had nothing and we had a prayer meeting after church. We went over to there and uh, we needed a thousand bucks to, we had, we had actually leased a copier because we were trying to do, we were trying to get some material out. So we had this copier, we had to pay for this copier. We yeah. just didn't know where it was going to come from. I just remember things like that. Yeah. And it kept us really humble and it kept us from, we didn't get connected in ways that could end up influencing what we could and could not say where we could and could not go what we could and could not address and i guess the biggest thing to be honest with you um you saw you saw the lines at g3 yeah, yeah. um you saw for a while jeff and i were sort of standing next to each other <clears throat> and he'd keep moving away i'm not sure i was sort of wondering <laughs> what's going on here um but um you know and i did that wednesday thursday friday and saturday morning yeah. Um, had that those kind of lines. Uh, Zach, you saw it. You're you're right. You're right nearby. Uh, as soon as I stop at G3, the line forms there, and it, and it just and it grows from there. And I don't know, Zach, if you saw Kelly started getting involved and started moving the line so it wasn't blocking other people. And okay, yeah. just just pictures. We don't have time for questions. Someone had to do that. Someone had to Someone take that had... role because it was a traffic jam for. It was. Yeah, no, I, kept, was. It was. I kept trying to pull Jeff to the side. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's just the way it works there. But um, the thing that people would say, now it's funny, I have to mention this because this is Apology Radio. Um, Jeff, Jeff will tell you the exact same thing I'm going to tell you. Wherever we go in the world, people come up to us and they'll say one, one of two things. I found out about you yeah. from Jeff or vice versa. Or vice versa, yeah. Uh, it's it go then I found out about apologia from you. You know, it, it just we're joined at the hip. It's just it's inevitable. It's just the way that it is. Uh and I that's in Russia, South Africa, Australia. It doesn't matter where we go. That's just that's just the way it is. So I think that's really, really cool and really neat. But the thing that most people say, the, the people who really like us and listen regularly, the term they use is consistency. Yeah. You've taught us to be consistent. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a self-contradictory argument, sign of a failed argument, sign of a failed argument, inconsistency, sign of a failed argument. Uh, I've just taught people for decades now, in every way that I can, that you need to apply the same rules of hermeneutics, whatever topic you're dealing with in Scripture. Otherwise, you're going to be turning the Bible into your your own private playground. Uh, and I try to be consistent in that, in how I'm dealing with others and interact with their arguments and. And so that that consistency, together with, I think too, um, a lot of people have appreciated 
my friendship with Doug, my friendship yeah. with Michael Brown. Yeah. Uh, th- there, there's not that kind of crusty, um, porcupine-ish uh, thing that Reformed Baptists can often be known for, yeah. sadly. Yes. Uh, you know, um, so there, you put all that together and look, you guys do uh, all sorts of interesting stuff on Apologia Radio. I, I, when I sit down in this studio, I'm not thinking numbers, clicks, uh, you know, keeping this audience happy or that audience happy. I've done three and a half hour programs on textual criticism. Now, I realize there are only a certain number of people that are going to survive that. But, you know, I talked yeah. to them 15 years later and they were kept out of a cult by it. You know, mm. I, we do we do stuff that no one else will, will do because I can make really tough things understandable. Mm. Yeah, uh, We have so many homeschoolers that use the dividing line as a, as a resource regularly uh, and things like that. I just think all oh, that's awesome, but I think that that sort of answers the question: mm-hmm. Why have you all kept going? Is because we don't really have we don't view anyone else as competition. Yeah. It's not like we're and I know a lot of ministries view things like that, and and so you become angry when you see somebody else getting to do something and you don't get to do that, and that's gonna be donors going. It just never it just never crosses our mind. We're not trying to compete with anybody. Uh, I have a certain skill set, and I try to utilize that certain skill set to the best of my abilities. Yeah, um, and I try not to then wander off into stuff that I probably shouldn't wander off into anyway. Yeah, uh, which means sometimes I make people a little bit slow getting into stuff, and sometimes you know I've had to sort of be pushed into stuff. We we had to be pushed into the stuff with Roman Catholicism. There's a fellow by the name of Benny really? Diaz that was that was working with us, and. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to huh. get into that area. It was so big, and I didn't know a lot about it. But he was a former Roman Catholic, and he was saying, you know, everything you're saying about the sufficiency of the Bible and salvation by grace—that's what—that's what's relevant to Roman Catholicism too. And so, yeah, it it took a little, it took a little work, and it and it took something called Fidonet, which <laughs> I doubt you've ever experienced. No, nope. Fidonet, uh, the bulletin board systems uh, in the 1980s and 1990s before the internet started. Uh, I was still, even back then you could communicate with people. It would take two or three days. Um, but you could communicate with people electronically on a computer. And I learned a lot. I, I, I learned a lot about Mormonism, uh, doing it that way. There was something called the Mormon echo. Huh. And so I would go, I was going back for some pretty high power guys, uh, on the Mormon echo back then. Then there was the open Bible echo and there were Roman Catholic ones. And I would spend hours writing those posts, and that became the groundwork for a lot of stuff that ended up being published at a later point in time. It really did. Uh, but we had to sort of be pushed into dealing with Roman Catholicism because it, when you think about it, if you want to be really, really unpopular, uh, be Reformed, talk about Roman Catholicism because everybody's got a Catholic aunt they just love. <laughs> um Talk about Islam. Oh, we don't want you here. We don't want to get bombed. Literally, I've had that happen so many times. I've had churches. Yeah, sorry, but, you know, we just can't get the insurance to talk about that because, you know, uh, what's going on? <laughs> wow. Islam is what and uh, so it, that's that's the way to main, keep you small, humble, unfunded <laughs> is that, to talk about that subject. If that uh, wasn't so enough, someone, then we made you talk about eschatology and the law of God. Oh, yeah. That was, That'll uh, really yeah. isolate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, we uh, we definitely blame you for that one. So, um, so it, it, I don't know if that's an answer to to the question. No, that um, was very very good. I think it'll be helpful. It's helpful for me to hear, and you know, I think it will be for other people too. I appreciate that. So we're uh, we're getting we're already winding down on time here. I don't think he's uh, Doctor White has to do a divine line after this. So, I, um, well, it, we we didn't get started till about seven after, so yeah. we're good. Uh, Andy P, I see your questions, bro. I'll, I'll try to get those in the end, or if not, we'll get in the after show. That's in the super chat, by the way. Um, but I want to make sure we, I didn't miss this. So I don't know if you saw the title. I forgot to send you the link. I don't know if you saw the live. Jeff Jeff did the title and description, and he said that you're the most prolific Christian debater in history. And uh, <laughs> some people history. Were- that's what that, he said. History is a big. That's a what big he said. Claim. So uh, some people were freaking out at the beginning, though. They thought you died or something. They like thought <laughs> we were doing like some kind of like <laughs> like a memorial, a memorial show or something. Um, so how many debates have you done? I I can't remember. It's a lot. 
as of the Gregory Coles debate uh, just a few weeks ago, it hasn't even been a month ago yet because uh, that was September 16th. That was my 182nd moderated public debate. Um, we actually made a shirt. Did you see the, see the shirt at G3? Um, yeah, which one? it had all of the debates on the back, right? Oh, no, I didn't see that. All the debates in the back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool looking. And, um, and that's actually two debates behind uh, because we had to design it at some point. Um, Jeff just chimed in. I could see he said he is the yeah. most prolific Christian debater in history. Yeah, no, no, I... I can't prove that. But in terms uh, of volume, I mean, but, official volume. No, yeah. That's, that's... But in the, in the currently alive, I don't know of anyone who has done as many moderated public debates right. as I have. Now, today, thanks to the Internet, there are people that sit in their, in their basement with a fan going in the background and a cat walking by once in a while doing lots of debates all the time. So... <laughs> Like you, yes. right? you have a cat, so that's they, like they what right I in. most surely do, and you'll notice <laughs> that he's not here right now. Um, but as far as serious debates, uh, with a serious yeah. thesis, a moderator time, um, and something other than just people on YouTube arguing about things right. like that, right? Yeah, that's... I don't know of anybody who who has who's anywhere close to the number of debates. That, that's like that one I'm, a year, I'm... right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, a little bit more than that. Uh, you might want, might, might want to work on your, your, one your numbers a, year, I said, a little bit. That's, it's yeah, like one debate a, a year, 186. Yeah, that's been, been at it for a long time. No, Sorry. they've sort of gone <laughs> in got spurts. Me. I mean, in 2019, it really looked like I was going to be blowing by 200 real quick, and then something happened in 2020. Yeah. Um, was there? That's uh, what I was thinking. I was like, man, is he going to make it to 200? That'd be epic. Have to get yeah, a big, a bigger I'm sort of shirt. thinking that's the next shirt stage is uh, is the 200th debate. Um, and we'll see. I mean, my memory is not what it used to be. I, I don't I hope. Well, I know Luke will. Uh, Luke could, could care less. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that there will be people around who will say, yeah, high time to hang that one up, buddy. You've you've, you've done your because I've seen people. I mean, just think of of the great athletes that played two seasons more than they should have you know uh oh, they, yeah. they yeah they could have gone out on top but uh we won't it's... we won't let you go full joe biden don't worry <laughs> full oh, joe biden God. yeah well okay just maybe part, partial just maybe partial, partial, partial. <laughs> appreciate that very much <laughs> yeah uh i've got five coming up and i this may be my first joe biden <laughs> moment is the fact that i've actually uh scheduled a single road trip where i'm driving i'm not being driven people need to understand that i'm doing the driving i'm yeah. doing the hooking up i'm the i do all the work um where i'm driving for 32 days um and doing five moderated public debates two against trent horn who's obviously one of the best the roman catholics have um, Dale Tuggy, the king of the universalists, uh, Leighton Flowers. That one's everybody's just like, oh, yes. oh, I didn't realize you were debating him again. I missed that. Yes, uh, Leighton Flowers on John Six. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. A lot of choice, oh, choice meat going on there. Oh, yeah, I got some choice meat going on there. And uh, Dr. Thomas Ross on can Baptists be Calvinists? Oh, um, yeah, so someone would debate that. Uh, oh. Pfft. Yeah, he's landmark Baptist, so oh. yeah, he'll he'll debate it. Um, so that's yeah, five, and I'm teaching Baptist Church history at Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and I'm speaking at the conference in Tullahoma, all as a part of that one trip. So that may be my first Joe Biden moment. That <laughs> I get sick, and I'm I'm in trouble anywhere along the line. Uh, there, weren't you know? supposed to be doing like three back, three nights in a row or something back to back to back? Well, we're doing uh, the, the four of the five are at First Lutheran in Houston. Evan McClanahan's the pastor there, and he, man, he just loves debates. Uh, did you ever see the 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 debate that uh, Leighton Flowers and the guy from Trinity did against Zacariades and that other fellow, the two hypers, mm -mm. Uh, where the the hyper Calvinists were yelling and screaming and spitting at the Arminians? It was. That was at Evan McClanahan's church. Oh, that wow. was his first shot at a debate. 
And I sort of came in and helped rescue things afterwards because he was like, wow, we didn't expect that one as a, yeah, I, I bet. Um, but he's just, he's just a go-getter. He's willing to, it takes a lot of work to, to be calling people back and forth, being that intermediary. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, a, it takes a lot of work. So, uh, if they're willing to do it, then, uh, what I'm doing is I'm going through Houston twice. So I, I start off in the trick. I go straight to Houston do the the debates with Trent Horn, and then I leave and I go to Tullahoma. I do the debate with Ross. Uh, that's a Jeffrey Rice's uh, thing. Oh, okay. Um, and then the next weekend, I'm teaching at Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and then I come back to Houston. And on a Thursday, I debate Layton, and then on the Saturday, I debate Dale Tuggy. Okay. So there's very little connection of to the topics. That's the problem. Yeah, that's what makes it difficult. It's not the same. Oh, it's oh, it's, it's all just going to be it, the amount of preparation. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm having to start that once we get done with next week, um, and it's not like I. That's the only thing I do. You know, you guys know what I mean. No, yeah, uh, I, yeah, exactly. Other things that that we have to do, like I am preaching the next two weeks at Apologia. Yeah, and the next sermon, not exactly one that's going to be easy to do. Um. So I've got a lot of other stuff going on. And uh, uh, so, yeah, the, the preparation, I need to get, I need to start literally the preparation and stuff that far ahead. I normally don't do that, but I'll have to because five debates is, that's going to get me to 187. Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, what happens after that. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're, we'll, I'll get these couple questions in real quick. Um, so Andy P said, uh, Dr. Wright, will you do an evening of post-millennialism with a panel to debate some of the different takes on theonomy, Christian nationalism, et cetera, and can you do it in Tucson? You basically just did. Uh, that's basically what the panel discussion was at G3, Florida. which we'll be getting to. Uh, I just wanted to tell him that. like it, it You basically did. Um, then the next question is a little bit deeper. He said, can you guys explain if natural law contradicts or has to contradict Vantillianism? Yeah, you know that's a big that's a big area. Uh, it's not that it, it, the question isn't natural law; it's natural theology. What's the nature of natural theology? What's the origin? What's the what? How do you even define natural law? Yeah. Um, and you know, the the Vantillian position is yes, there is a, such a thing as natural law, but man is going to look at anything that is a part of God's revelation through the twisted lens of his only own fallen nature and his suppression of the knowledge of God. So. You have to deal with that issue first and foremost. That's the whole point of presuppositionalism. It assumes a biblical anthropology that, and I'm going to be talking about this on the dividing line coming up. Um, oh, perfect. That's that's part of my pushback against Stephen Wolf and his form of Christian nationalism is he's a Thomas. He's right. not a presuppositionalist. He's not Vantillian. Right. Um, and he he says that's all 20th century garbage. That's the terminology he used in a tweet to me. I saw that. Uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's all 20th century garbage. So uh, there has, there has, for a while, being presup was cool, mainly because Jeff was cool. Um, but now there's a huge pushback, and I don't know if you've seen all the I was once a presup type videos that are out there no, now. No, I haven't. Um, but there have been, a, there are a number of them, especially from Reformed Baptists. Uh, anyone who buys into the new resourcement of Thomas, you cannot be a fan of Thomas and be a fan of Van Til. <laughs> if you've read read sure. any of Van Til, you know this is the case. But most people don't know the whys, and it, it 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 goes to what man is, biblical anthropology, what the nature of sin is, and and Thomas's understanding of um how. How man can know God, the the extent to which God man can know God from natural reason, uh, but also ironically a rejection of the idea that God's revelation of Himself in nature actually does get through, because that's what the presupposition yeah. was saying is it gets through, and He's saying it doesn't. So uh, it's um you, you can't you can't hold you can't hold both positions, and that's why there are a lot of people. Who were precepts, but they didn't know why they were precepts. They really never practiced it. Uh, that have abandoned it and and gone back to what they're they're calling classical theism, which is not what classical theism is. But that's yeah. that's another whole yeah. big topic uh, as well. Okay, we'll end here on a fun question. 
from Elementi 11. If you could do a dream co-debate with someone, who would it be and who would you choose as your opponents? Oh, wow. Um, well, you know, I, I, I have real interest in various areas. So um, I could I could view, I could see some, there are certain Muslims that I would love to see a two-on-two type debate with. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I would love to, I would love to convince Yasser Qadi to do uh, a debate on uh, the nature of the Quranic revelation as far as changes in manuscripts and things like that. That would be really cool. Obviously, I would love to get a high-ranking uh, Roman Catholic prelate um, to, uh, to debate, um, especially to debate what's going on right now. I mean, mm. the, the, the letter that... Uh oh, uh, Rich, you just uh, knocked me off the air. We're oh, back. Okay, we're come back. on, Rich. Okay, we're back. I saw you reach down it's, there. Um, he, he's ev- going. He's he's saying he's sorry. After um, all these years of listening to Divine Land, this is my chance to yell at Rich. Yeah. Rich, quit messing <laughs> around in there. This is the equivalent of what happens at church when the lights get <laughs> yeah. flicked. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so uh, I'm telling Rich. Luke said, "Stop messing around in there." Um. So anyway. Uh, and in fact, the light went off on uh, on uh, on my uh, thing up there, and so let, let's see if I can bring it back. There we go. I got it. <clears throat> anyway, so so it would be an issue of dealing with, you know, what what topic are we talking about? Getting uh, Dawkins to debate? Are we talking about getting a high level Roman Catholic to debate? Because that would determine who I would want to have yeah, yeah. along with me in uh, in something like that. But let's let's just be honest. Jeff and I work hand in gloves, so. Uh, you know, I've told people that you all know that last debate that we did in April, you know, what was, Jeff was up was, against. Was that a debate? <laughs> well, it was, um, No, I know, I know. It, I'm kidding. It, it was. And, and Jeff could have mailed that one in. He could have come up with lots of excuses given what he was facing with his mom and, and everything that was going on, but he was on fire and he did a lot more talking in that one. There was a physical reason for that. Uh, and if you were there, then you knew that. Hmm. I couldn't hear half what the other guys were saying. Yeah. He was physically closer to them. And so he could even hear what the Indian fellow was saying. Yeah, um, he was so hard to understand. I'm like, I'm going to have to let the younger guy who's closer uh, go here because, uh, you know, but he was on fire that night. And um, so, yeah, on subjects, subjects like that, um, I think Jeff and I make a pretty good, pretty good pair. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of people, uh, smart enough or brave enough to take the two of us on, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't think Dawkins will ever do another debate after the Linux one. Cause he got his rear end handed to him. Uh, but I, uh, I would love to see, I mean, this will never happen, but I would love to see a high ranking Mormon official do a debate. Oh yeah. That would yeah, be except, amazing. Except. There's probably never been a time in history where they are less likely to do that. Yeah, exactly. Than exactly. I mean, a McConkie. Oh man, McConkie. I think McConkie wanted to do stuff like that, and mm. he wasn't allowed to. Uh, but there aren't any McConkies left in Mormonism. It's uh, it's sort of sort of a sad reality. Yeah, that's uh, true. Someone said yeah. Wilson and White versus the world. I like that idea too. Yeah, I'd love to team up with Dougie uh, to do something like that. Uh, I think we do. I think <laughs> we do pretty well. But but yeah. we have to. But we have to get the the textual issue out of the way. I, uh, I want I, I wanted to do that. We were scheduled to do that in April, uh, March, April of 2020, and that got Nick's made. And uh, I still want. I'm that close to getting him over into the right area as far as textual criticism <laughs> is concerned. I, I really think I am. So we'll see. We'll All see. right. Well, one one other question. Thank you, James Solomon. Has any any one of you all heard of Great Awakening International? Have not. Mm-mm. Sorry. Um, but yep, that's it. Um, thank you. It's weird. See, it's, I, I, it's weird when I have you on the show cause I like have to refer to you as Dr. White, but then I struggle because then I'm like, should I be calling him James or Dr. White? Because when you came on, when you came on to be an elder, you're like, stop calling me Dr. White. And so I had to like train my brain to start calling you James. And now I have you on apology radio and I have to revert back to my old ways. Yeah. It's well. challenging. Well, you're gonna have to you have to listen to my sermon on Sunday, so uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you again fairly soon. So, <laughs> well, thank you. you. This was an amazing time of story mm-hmm. time with Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> you, so you, you, you are really using that Wayback Machine today. Well, uh, that's that's because we're talking about stuff from 40 years ago. So yeah. uh, my, my I'm thinking about those things, and I'm going to be hearing a whole lot more about it on Saturday when we have our celebration here. So I'm sure I'll be seeing pictures I haven't seen forever. It'll be interesting. You're going to be like, who's that guy? Yep, yep, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's sad. Well, thank you. All right, man. Thank you for being on. I appreciate it. I know you, sir. it was last minute, so thank you. It's it's great to be with you. We'll see you in a couple days. All right, brother. Thanks. God right, bless. Bye bye. Well, thank you, everyone. That was fun. A little fun it show. Was fun. Yeah. Just sit back and saw that salt and pepper that man and, with questions. Yeah. There's a lot of history there and a lot of good uh, guidance and instruction on yeah how to finish well too. I really appreciated that. There were so many questions I wanted to ask him. I just didn't even get to because. He was, I just wanted to hear all those stories he was telling. So, But thank you, everyone, again. Uh, we will be going to the after show here in a minute. For those who are all access, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the best. You make this happen. Uh, Zach and I will be on there. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I was hoping to have James on, but he's going to do the DL, so we'll think of something. Maybe we'll just answer questions, uh, which will be all ADP probably. But um, thank you again, everyone, and thank That's you cool. for your support for an abortion now. We just let – oh, my goodness. We were just – this this week we're sitting down trying to figure out how many states we got going on for next year because they we keep getting more and i think we're up around 18 uh that i know of (laughs) so zach's got his work cut out for him uh yes pray for my (laughs) freshman recovery yeah but thank you guys seriously i mean the number of babies that are being saved we don't even know the 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 numbers in the at least in the thousands, I don't know. It's praise God, it's amazing. And uh, I mean, eighteen states wanting to put in equal protection bills is insane. We're <clears throat> quickly heading to half the union. That's yeah, uh, pretty remarkable. You know, yeah, pretty so, remarkable. So, uh, thank you for your support, guys. We 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 seriously need it, and and we consider it partnership with us when you support us. You're part of that work. So even if you're not out on the front lines, you're not talking to the people. Uh, putting in bills or legislators or whatever you're helping us you're partnering with us just by supporting us financially and praying for us so thank you thank you thank you um but next week i think we'll see zach and jeff should be doing another show on calvinism mm-hmm. um that's, that's the, plan. the plan for now unless something changes with the baby situation so be looking for that and like i said in two weeks we should be doing that panel discussion which i'm very very excited for yeah it's gonna be a good show so uh well all right thank you again everyone we'll see all access here in a minute in the after show later peace out This is the Academy. I am Eli Ayala of Revealed Apologetics, and I will be bringing a six-part series on presuppositional apologetics. What is this called, the Apology Academy? It's just called the Academy. Okay. What's up, everybody? My name is Pastor Jeff Durbin, and you're watching Collision Today. I'm going to be interacting with an atheist on TikTok. So here we go. Unsupervised and unhinged. Welcome back to Cultish the Aftermath. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ask Me Anything. So you are watching Apologia Radio's after show exclusively for all access.